you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. We've got to get past week-to-week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure. That is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. serve a mighty God. Now, I didn't say that a second time this morning because I felt I was deserving of your response. I said that a second time because I feel like he is deserving of our response. We serve a mighty God. Amen. Amen. There's a, there's a beautiful presence of the Lord here. It is so good to see so many of you. I'm enjoying living a little closer. Amen. And I just want to say thank you for last week for the way that you honored my mother and father and our family. It was special. It was classy. And and it was well-deserved. And I I thank you for that, for the way that you honored my my mom and dad. And um, it, it really goes to show the love of this church. And I grew up with the love of this church, and and I'm thankful for that. Um, Go with me in your Bibles to Psalms, the 86th chapter. If I've not met you yet, I'm Spencer. It is very nice to meet you. We're glad that you're here this morning. Psalms, the 86th chapter. I'm going to read a couple of verses, not very long verses. Verse 11. Teach me thy way, O Lord. I will walk in thy truth. Unite my heart. Someone say, unite my heart to fear thy name. Psalms 25, verse 14. The secret of the Lord is them that fear him, and he will show them his covenant. Unite my heart, God. And then it tells me earlier in the Psalms, the secret of the Lord is them that fear him. Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 7 tells us something else about the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction.
Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13 tells us something else about the fear of the Lord. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. I wish I had a catchy, nice-sounding title today. If you come up with one, just text it to me while I'm standing here, and we'll make a correction. I want to talk to you this morning about the correct response to the fear of God. The correct response to the fear of God. I wonder if one more time, if you just lift your hands to the Lord and, and let him know that you're here to receive from him this morning. Lord, we love you. We honor you. Lord, you are so worthy of our praise. You've been so good to us. You are so great and holy. Lord, there's none like you. There's none beside you. There were none before you. Neither shall there be after you. We give you all the praise. You are God and God alone. Have your way in this place. Speak to our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. The writer of Hebrews told us in the 10th chapter and 31st verse, it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God. And... That, that's not a popular scripture. This, this idea of fearing God has not become, it has become rather unpopular. Um, we don't often talk about fearing God. And I've even heard people say that the fear of God, that the word does not mean fear, it means love. And the fear of God is not exclusive from the love of God. But the word fear means fear. Um, and we have to reconcile that because we've learned that fear is not a good thing. We've learned that perfect love casteth out all fear. We're told in the scripture to fear not, neither be afraid. And so how do we reconcile that God's commanded us to fear him, yet we're to fear not? That it, It's an interesting thing, and the, the, the common response to it is, is just to avoid it altogether or to approach it in such a way that, well, fear must not mean fear. And this isn't the case. There is the fear of God in the correct context, and it's a holy fear. It, it's an awesome reverence for the Lord. God is worthy of our fear, and, and I'll even say this this morning, that God alone is worthy of our fear. The opposite of fear is, is not faith. The opposite of fear is the fear of the Lord. I don't have to fear sickness because I fear God. And I know that God has dominion over sickness. I don't have to fear death because I fear God. And I know that when I die that the Lord will be there. I, I don't have to fear sin. I don't want to sin. I'm going to stay away from sin. But I'm not fearful of sin because I know that I serve a God that has enabled me to overcome sin. 
He overcame death. He overcame hell. He overcame the grave. So I don't fear death. I don't fear hell. I don't fear the grave. I fear God. And, 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 and so when we, when we speak of not fearing, we're not speaking of just having faith about everything. We're, we're speaking of fearing God. Now, we are called by Scripture to have faith. But, but, but I'll tell you this morning that the fear of God is something that is birthed out of faith. And, and the opposite is not so. Sin, it, it distorts our idea of the fear of the Lord. And we, we see this first in, in the story of the fall of man. When Adam and, and Eve, they partake of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And they've disobeyed God. They, they, they have broken what the Lord has asked of them. And, and the scripture says that the eyes of both of them were opened. And, and they knew they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together. And they, they made themselves aprons and they heard the voice of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And, and this is not something that was unfamiliar to them. They had walked and talked with God regularly. They had heard the voice of God regularly. They, they had a relationship with God that was a personal, one-on-one relationship with the Lord. But let me point out what sin did to this relationship. They heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. God calls to Adam and he says, Adam, where art thou? And he said, well, I I heard thy voice in the garden and and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And and, and God, he asked Adam, he said, said, who told you that? Where where did you get that idea from? Up to this point, let, let me parallel this morning that that nakedness before God was, was a, a picture of, of how we're supposed to live before God and walk before God. Might I remind us this morning that nothing is hid from the Lord. What we do in the darkness will be seen in the light. God sees it all. We can't hide from God. We certainly, fig leaves aren't a good a good barrier in between us and, and, and God seeing us. This was a misled fearing of the Lord. Now, I'm not saying that this is the first time that they have feared the Lord. Up to this point, I think they very much understood the greatness of God. And when that fear is in its correct place, that fear produces a great love and a holy reverence. But when they disobeyed, when they broke this commandment of the Lord, what should have been a holy fear, what what should have been a a wholesome and deserving fear, a fear that God alone deserves, it caused them to hide themselves from the Lord. And I'll propose to you this morning that the reason that many people don't like to talk about the fear of God, it's, it's not popular in, in, in the pop culture of modern Christianity, people don't like to talk about fearing God. 
and, and I'll propose to you the reason that they don't like to talk about fearing God is because we struggle to understand the fear of God. We, we get the fear of God out of alignment. We, we, we get to thinking that God is out to get us. People have experiences with, with Christians and they label God with those experiences. And so if a Christian person, someone that has proclaimed themselves to be Christian, hurts that person, then they reject God. Or if they have lied or, or, or backstabbed that person, they assume that God is a lying and a backstabbing God. I, I want to remind us this morning that God is not a man for he should lie. And our experiences, be it with people, be it with churches, be it with groups of people, our experiences have nothing to do with the love of God. Now they should. They should because we're called to love one another. And, and when, when correctly placed, the way that I treat my brother, the way that I treat my sister it should be done in the fear of the Lord and in the love of the Lord. I, I do unto others as I do unto God. And, and we get this from the scripture. He, he spoke to them and he said, you, you clothed me and you fed me and you, you took care of me. And they said, well, when, when did we do that? And he said, as you've done it unto the least of these. And so as we do it unto the least of these, as, as, as we do it unto one another, we're doing it unto God. And when we fear God, it, it directly affects our treatment of people. And when we don't fear God, it directly affects our treatment of people. In, 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 in Exodus, we see another misappropriated fear of the Lord, a, a fear of the Lord that is out of place, that is misled. It is in Exodus, the, the 20th chapter in verse 18. This is as there Moses and is, is approaching the, the mount where the Lord was going to give them commandments. And, and here's what the scripture says. It says, and all the people saw the thunderings and the lightnings and the noise of the trumpet and the mountain smoking. And when the people saw it, they were moved and stood afar off. And they said unto Moses, speak thou with us and we will hear, but let not God speak to us, lest we die. And Moses said unto the people, fear not, for God has come to prove you that his fear may be before your faces and ye sin not. And the people, they, they stood far off. And Moses drew near unto the thick darkness where God was. The misappropriated fear of God, it, it, it leads us to do exactly what these people did. We, we see things that are hard to understand, that are loud, that are confusing. The smoke and the thunderings, the lightnings. And when many people see these these cosmic representations of God's power and God's might, they, they resent it, they reject it. They say, oh, I, I want nothing to do with that. And so what should have been from the very beginning 
a law that was written upon their hearts. It had to be the law of Moses. And it was the law of Moses because they said, well, we're not going to go and stand before that guy. That, 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 that's, a, that's a scary idea. Did you see the thun- Did you hear the thunderings? Did you see the lightnings? Did you see the smoke? Moses, you go and, and deal with that guy. And, and then when you come back, whatever it is that you say, we'll, we'll do. And, and, and so what should have been given directly from God to his people had to be handed down through Moses. And, and this is why that we get the law of Moses. It, it, it's not an afterthought that, that later that he wants to write it upon the tablets of our heart. It, it was the very first thing that he wanted to do. The people should have gone up with Moses into that mount where there were smoke and lightnings and thunderings. But because they did not, they got the law of Moses. This, this was the, 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 the misplaced fear of God. It, it should have just been the law of God. But because of them distancing themselves from God, it wasn't the law of God. It was, it was the law of Moses. It was a law that was always supposed to be given directly from God to his people. The, 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 the reason we, we, we have an Old Testament law to begin with is, is because people reject the intimacy of having relationship with God. Because sin leads to a misrepresented fear of the Lord. Is this okay this morning? And I, I propose to you what, that what the scripture teaches us about the fear of the Lord is not a fear that should keep us away from God. It's not a fear that causes us to go away from God. It, it is a fear that draws us to God. Here's what the psalmist said in the 22nd chapter, 23rd verse. Ye that fear the Lord, what do we think it's about to say? Ye that fear the Lord, stay away from that guy. Ye that fear the Lord, don't mess with that guy. It says, ye that fear the Lord, praise him. All ye seed of Jacob, glorify him and fear him. All ye seed of Israel. It's teaching us that, that fear is a form of worship. Let, let me say that again this morning, that when we fear something, we, we, we worship it. The, 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 the scripture tells us that, that Jesus would come to deliver them who through fear of death, this is what the writer in Hebrews said of Jesus' coming, that he delivered them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. They, that fear placed them in subjection. It made the fear of death their master. And they lived a life underneath the fear of death. They, they esteemed death more than God. They, they esteemed the fear of death above the fear of God. And this led to a lifetime of bondage. But I'll say again this morning that when we fear the Lord... We don't have to fear anything else. People fear man and, and they fear the, the worst and fear failure. 
and fear rejection and, and fear change and fear the unknown and fear the future. And, 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 and listen, we're guilty of it. We've all been guilty of it. But, but I encourage you this morning to take that and place it in its correct place. That God is mighty and God is in control. That God is greater than the future and greater than the past. God is greater than man. We don't fear man. We fear God. We don't fear the worst. We fear a life that is outside of God's plan for us. We don't fear rejection because the Lord doesn't reject us. And, 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 and Isaiah said it like this, the Lord of hosts whom you shall follow, whom you shall hollow, in other words, who is holy, let him be your fear. And, and let him be your dread. Only God is deserving of the reverence that fear brings. Revelation 19 and 5 says, And a voice came out of the throne saying, Praise our God, all ye servants, and ye that fear him, both small and great. I, I, I'd like to remind us this morning that the correct response to the fear of the Lord is worship. And, and, it's, and, and I want to be clear this morning what I mean by that. What I don't mean by that is, is, is you better worship because he's looking down on you. And if you don't please him with your worship, you're going to be in big trouble, little guy. That, that's not what I'm saying this morning. I'm saying that the fear of the Lord is directly correlated with our understanding of who he is and with our esteem for him, our love for him, our understanding of his greatness and his magnitude and his scale and his mercy. I, I, I think sometimes we've got to just stop and remember how big and great and merciful and kind and holy God is, and I stand before him with a reverence, and I fear the Lord. We, we often fear everything undeserving of our fear, but we don't fear God. Pandemic comes, and we fear pandemic. Socioeconomic issues arise, and we fear recession, and we fear what's going to happen, and we fear the economy, and we fear wh whoever's in office, and however it's going to affect us. Listen, we can't forget that, that we are God's people. We are, we, we are the sheep of his pasture. He's not going to leave us or forsake us. ourselves this morning, well, what would it look like if we didn't have to fear God? I'll tell you that if we didn't have to fear God, that wouldn't be any God to serve at all. In fact, the Lord told his, the, the children of Israel not to fear the gods of the Amorites. We, we, a, a God that is not worth fearing is a God that is not worth serving. The fear of God is telling of his greatness of his magnitude, of his might, of his power, of his authority. I want to be on the right side of that fear. It, 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 it is a form of worship alone. 
Revelation 2.10, Fear none of the things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, that ye may be tried, and ye shall have tribulation ten days. But thou faithful unto death, be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee the crown of life. I, I don't have to fear any persecution or tribulation. Be, here, here's what it says of Jesus, that he endured the cross and he endured the shame for the glory that was set before him. Amen. I don't have to fear this present life. I don't have to fear what we might go through. I don't have to fear persecution, tribulation, or rejection. The only thing that I'm responsible for fearing is fearing the Lord. And, and when fear is in its correct place, it is a fear that drive, drives us toward God. But the product of sin, when fear is in its incorrect place, is that it is a fear that drives us away from God. They're both fear. They're not mutually exclusive, but, but one is positioned with being his son and knowing that he loves me, he cares for me, he has forgiven me, he has washed me, he know, there is an expected end that he has for me, and the other is when I've positioned myself outside of his reach, outside of relationship with him, outside of his hand, and just like Adam and Eve, I hid myself because I fear. A lot of people, they, they don't take the step of serving God. And now this is going to sound strange because they fear him. But they fear him in the context of not knowing him in relationship. Not understanding that he is a merciful God. That he is a just God. That he is a holy God. And what I should fear is not relationship with him. I, I should fear what life would be like if I didn't have relationship with him. I shouldn't fear knowing him. I should fear having to go through a life where I know he is, but I don't know him. He's a great God. He's a merciful God. The writer in Philippians, he said, he said, you've obeyed in my presence, but now much more in my absence. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Not in fear and trembling of the writer of Philippians, but fear and trembling of God. He said, you figured out how to do it when I'm here. And maybe that's because they feared him. Maybe that's because they understood that he wasn't going to let them get away with anything. But he said, now that I'm not going to be with you, I need you to do this even more so. I need you to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Ladies and gentlemen, we cannot place our fear in a man or, or our fear in our pastor. We have to place our fear in God. Fear placed in a man is fearing what might happen if someone might find out. Fearing mom and dad, so I'm not going to mess up in front of mom and dad. Fearing pastor, so I'm not going to mess up in front of pastor. Fearing my youth pastor. Fearing the consequences. Fearing what might happen when people find out. 
fearing what it might do to my reputation, fearing what, what people might say about it. Listen, that is not what should be driving us toward faith in the Lord and obedience to His Word. That's not the way we should be living for God. I don't live because of the fear of consequence. I live because I love God so much that I fear God so much. And I fear God so much that I love God so much. We don't scare people into serving God. God loves us into fearing Him. Here's what it says about Noah. It says that being warned of God of things not yet seen, moved with fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his house. The correct response to this fear was not a rejection of God or a resistance to God. It was, it, it was the response was that moved with fear, I'm going to prepare an ark to the saving of my house. The correct response to fear is not resisting God. The correct response to fear is I want to be his. I want to be saved. I want to know him. I want to serve him. I don't want to have to live a life without him. I don't want to have to know what it's like to be without God and his love and his mercy because I love him and I fear him. Psalms 130 and verse 4, but there is forgiveness with thee that thou mayest be feared. What enables the fear of God correctly placed is knowing that he is a forgiving God. I don't want to be on the wrong side of the Lord where I haven't received his forgiveness. I fear him. And because I can be forgiven, it enables me to correctly fear the Lord. He has forgiven us. He has washed us. He has cleansed us. And we fear him. And and we love him. It says, oh, fear the Lord, ye his saints. For there is no want to them that fear him. And his mercy is on them that fear him. From generation to generation. Where we fear the Lord, there is mercy. Where we fear the Lord, there is no want. Proverbs says, the fear of the Lord tendeth to life. And he that abideth, he's going to be satisfied. I want to abide in the fear of the Lord because there's life in the fear of the Lord and there's hope in the fear of the Lord and and, and, and there's there's protection. There's a fear that tendeth to life. And that fear of the Lord directly affects how I interact in this world. It, it, It directly affects my treatment of people. Leviticus 25, 17, ye shall not oppress one another, but thou shalt fear thy God, for I am the Lord your God. The scripture tells us it's the parable parable in Luke 18th chapter, and I'm not going to take the time to go through the parable this morning, but it talks about a man that he feared not God, neither regarded man. And because he feared not God, neither regarded man, there was a widow that asked him, avenge me, mine adversary. And, and he would not. He wouldn't do what was right. He wouldn't respond accordingly. And the reason that he wouldn't 
respond accordingly is because he feared not God, neither regarded man. And, and Jesus paints this parable to, to, to show us the, 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 the inaccurate representation of fear where we, we, we don't fear God. We, 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 we mistreat people. We, we do things that we know are not just. We do things that we know are not correct according to his word. And we do this because we don't fear the Lord. But that fear of the Lord is a fear that is driven in faith. It's not a fear that is driven in some kind of corrupt and unmerciful sorrow. Oh, oh my God, if I, if I, Lord, if I don't, if I don't please you, you're going to reject me. You don't want anything to do with me. That's not what the fear of the Lord is. Here's what the fear of the Lord is. God, you are so great, and I don't understand how you've forgiven me. I, 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 don't under, I can't even begin to comprehend why you've washed away my sins. You are so great and so merciful and so holy and so just that, that I, can't, I stand here in fear of you because I'm not deserving of your forgiveness. I, I'm not deserving of your love and your mercy. You are great and, and you are holy and you are wise and your ways are above my ways and your thoughts above my thoughts. thoughts. You, you are so great and holy. How is it that you have forgiven me? That's what it looks like to fear the Lord. That he is a great God. He is mighty. God's bigger than anything you could imagine. God is greater than anything that you could imagine. The, the scripture calls him terrible and great. And that's not terrible in the sense of being bad. That's terrible in the sense of if you understood his power and his might, he, he's terrible and great. And when I understand that he is terrible and great, I don't have to fear anything else. I'm not fearing death. I'm not fearing sickness. I'm not fearing sorrow. I'm not fearing being alone. I'm not fearing being despised or rejected. I'm not fearing being talked about. I'm not fearing what people say about me. I'm fearing God. of my heart. Fear is a product of my love for the Lord. He's not trying to scare me into loving him. He's trying to make in me a new heart that my love for him would enable me to fear him. There's so many people, they've walked away from the Lord. They've walked away from the church and they resent the idea of fearing God. They've had people try to scare them into fearing God, and they resent it. They, they've, they, they, they've heard hellfire preaching, and they, they, they resent it. Now, let me, be, let me be accurate this morning. We preach about hell. Hell is a real reality. The judgment of the Lord is a real reality. But the reason that we preach about hell is not to emphasize hell. It's to emphasize the greatness of God and that we don't have to go to hell. We don't have to be subject to that judgment. We can be forgiven. 
And when we're forgiven, he took that wrath upon himself. He took that judgment upon himself. He was chastised and beaten and bruised for you and I. And so it's the fear of the Lord that enables us to serve him. It's the fear of the Lord that enables us. It's attached to the idea of loving by the statement, fear not. He would appear unto people and say, fear not. Jesus was walking upon the water and they, they thought him to be an evil spirit. And looking out on the water, what, what, what in the world? Were, they were fearful and he called out to them and he said, he said, don't fear, it is I. Now, these scriptures aren't telling us not to fear him in the appropriately placed fear of God. Because to fear him is to know how great he is. To fear him is to draw us closer to him. But what he is correcting here is a fear that that causes us to reject him and shun him and run away from him. A a fear that causes us to, to distance ourselves from him. Don't let that fear drive you to a distancing response from the Lord. You might be in sin. That and 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 I understand that that when you are in sin that there is this feeling of impending doom and fear and 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 when incorrectly placed it can cause you to distance yourself from the Lord. But I'll say this this morning. If you are in sin, don't allow that fear to cause you to distance yourself from God. Let that fear drive you to running into the arms of a mighty and capable father. A Lord that can avenge your enemies. A Lord that is greater than anything else you might face. A Lord of lords. A king of kings. Let him give you that heart to fear him. Let, let, him, let him give you that mind to fear him. Not a resistance, a rejection, a covering of oneself, but, but, but realizing that I'm, a, I'm exposed already. Fig leaves aren't hiding my sin. Fig leaves aren't protecting me from God knowing what I've done and what I've said and how I've treated people and who I've been involved with and, and, and what's occurred in my life. Fig leaves aren't an, a, a, an appropriate covering for him. And, and so he takes those fig leaves and instead of fig leaves, he clothes them in, in coverings of skins. He understood their nakedness. He saw it plain and clearly. They were exposed before God. And, 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 and their attempt to hide themselves from God was, it was unable to cover their sin. And so he clothed them with coats of skin. Ladies and gentlemen, the reason that sacrifice was required to begin and the reason that Jesus died on that cross for my sin is so that I wouldn't have to run from him and try to cover myself up in fig leaves so that he doesn't see the reality of the condition of my heart. 
The reason sacrifice was required to begin with is so that I can run to God. So rather than cover myself, he can cover me. He can place a coat upon me that covers my sin. That, 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 now, now the sin still happens. The sin is still there. But by his mercy and his grace and his justice, when I get to heaven, I'm not going to walk into heaven unclothed, naked, exposed, all of my sins hanging and dripping off my body. When I get to heaven, I'm going to get to have that coat upon me. And, and, and when I get to that gate and they start looking through the, lamb, the, the, the Lamb's book of life, it's not a book of life that represents my life. It's not the story of my life. It's, okay, let me find you here, Spencer. Okay, here is what you've done. When they go to look at that book, because I've got the lamb's covering upon my shoulders, they're not going to reference the book of my life and my transgressions and my mistakes. That's an inaccurate representation of, of what salvation looks like. When I get to heaven, he's not going down the list of my book. Now, if I get to heaven and I'm uncovered, then when I get to heaven, he's go, they're going to go down the list of my book, and you've done this, you've done this, you've done this, you've been here, you made this mistake. But when I get to heaven and I'm covered in his coat, when I've got those garments on me, a skin covering of the Lord, the, the reference that they're going to reference is not Spencer's book of life. It's the Lamb's book of life. And they're going to see that he lived a spotless life. They're going to see that he lived a life without sin. They're going to see that he lived a life where he did not tell a lie. He did not mistreat a person. Now listen, I can't live up to that. I've told lies. I've mistreated people. There's not one of us in this place that have been without sin. But I've got to have his name on me and his covering upon me so that I can run to him instead of away from him. First, it is the sense of awe of his greatness. Have you never felt this sacred awe stealing insensibility over you, hushing and calming you, bowing you down before the Lord? It will come, sometimes in the consideration of the great works of nature, gazing upon the vast expanse of waters, looking up into the innumerable stars, examining the wing of an insect and seeing there the matchless skill of God displayed in the minute, or standing in a thunderstorm watching as best as you can the flashes of lightning and listening to the thunder of Jehovah's voice. Have you not shrunk into yourself and said, Great God, how terrible art thou, not afraid, but full of delight, like a child who rejoices to see his father's wealth and his father's wisdom and his father's power happy and at home, but feeling oh so little. We are less than nothing. We are but an alienated in the presence of the great, eternal, infinite, invisible, all in all, gracious. Men often come into this state of mind and, 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 and heart by watching the works of God. So they do 
or, or so they do when they observe what he does in providence. Th- this writer, what he's describing is that when we look upon the expanse and the magnitude and the scale of God's greatness, we fear him. But we don't fear him in the sense of of rejecting him. We fear him in the sense of, of humbling ourselves before him and saying, have you considered how great our God is? That's the God that I serve. That, that's the one that's cleansed me. That's the one that cares for me. That's the one that washes me. We've not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. We've received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. That's my Father that I fear. I understand this morning, people have had experiences. Some have been abused by a father. Maybe maybe your father beat you as a child. Maybe there was a case of abuse and it caused you to fear him. That's not the kind of fear this is talking about. This is the kind of fear that tells you that, that God is so great that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. That greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And he's so great that I don't want to meet his judgment. I just want to know his mercy. I just want to know that this undeserving worm is able to receive of the goodness of the Lord. Stand with me this morning. I, I don't know who I'm talking to this morning. But, but, but if in your life there, there's been a, a misplaced fear of God that, that's caused you to run and, and hide and reject him and resent him and, and, and try to cover yourself, stop running from God. If you make your bed in hell, he is there. If you ascend up into heaven, he is there. You can't find a place to hide from God. You can't find a covering sufficient that God will not see your sin. We don't run from him. We run toward him. God is great. God is holy. God is is so much bigger than you could imagine. We think we can describe the greatness and power of God. Our words are so insignificant. God is good. But but good doesn't describe the goodness of God. God's so loving that he's not just loving. The writer had to say, God is love. The the very idea of love is God. My my language this morning, it it can't come close to telling you how great God is. How how big and vast and strong and, and mighty and Just as much that no human language can tell you how great and big and vast God is, there's not a word in the English language or any other language for that matter that can appropriately tell you how much he loves you, how good he is, how merciful he is, how just he is, how willing that he is that all would come unto repentance. 
I can't correctly describe that to you this morning, but I've come to ask somebody run to him, run into his arms, run into his safety, run into his protection. I invite us to come to the front of this room this morning and to find a place to say, God, you see all, you know all, you know my heart. I'm exposed before you and I need you, Lord. You are great. You are vast. You are terrible, and you are so good. You are so good. I don't deserve you. I don't deserve your forgiveness. I don't deserve your protection. You are so good, Lord. Come on, open up your own mouth and lift up your own hands and call on that great God this morning. We can't hide from him. We can't run from him. He hears your words. He hears your prayer. He knows our thoughts. glasses off of your eyes. When Adam and Eve fell into sin, they saw God incorrectly and they saw one another incorrectly. I, I, I want the Lord to break those lenses that corrupt our identity and our understanding of him and one another. I want him to break those lenses this morning. I'm not asking you to admit that that is you. But I'm asking that all of us would find someone to join with next to us. And I want you to intercede and pray for one another. Lord, deliver us from the bondage of a misappropriated fear, a fear that causes us to resist you, a fear that causes us to reject you. And, and teach us your, your infinite love. Teach us your, your greatness and, and, and the fear that we ought to have. Come on, let's call on him this morning. Don't let the devil talk you into resisting God. I don't want to live in bitterness. I don't want to live in anger. I don't want to live in resistance to God. Lord, break those chains off of our lives. about what you're going to do to me. I'm worried about life 